tend to think about how they must be singing in their homes together, preparing for that. And it's, we should sing praises to the Lord at home as well as in His house. And what, what a good thought that is. Thank you for the message and song this morning. And I would like to invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 16. I guess it's a good time for a New Year's message, but, but is it? Because it's not the New Year yet. We're, we're still in 2023. I, I guess we could share a message in preparation for the New Year, but, well, we're going to be here twice today. Maybe we can do that tonight. Should I preach a Christmas message? Well... For many, Christmas is over. For many, there's no more gifts to unwrap. No more ability to buy gifts because we're out of money. We've taken down the Christmas lights and people struggle with coming down off of a happiness they had for one special day. How about a continuous Christmas? How about we cannot wrap true Christmas up into one day? But that, it go on and on. A continual occasion of joy. Christmas is for many. And we're going to share three simple points this morning. I'm not going to try to preach you the whole Bible this morning. We just we meet it three times a week at least, and all throughout the year over and over we, we share portions of truth and and we're going to look at three simple points on why the joyous continual occasion. Because Christmas is different for different people. After the 25th, people are real different on the 26th. And in real different areas of their life. Real different areas of thought, of happiness, or of joy. But I want to tell you that Christmas is a continual joyous occasion. And, and the first reason I want to give is because of resemblance. Look with me in Hebrews 2 and 16, it says, For verily He took not on Him the nature of angels, but He took on Him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved Him to be made like unto His brethren. How about... God came to earth. But how about God came to earth like us? He made His Son to be like us. 1 Timothy 3.16 says that God was manifest in the flesh. In the Gospel of John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. 
And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. God loves us so much that He, that he came to this earth for us. He came to this earth through God the Son, Jesus Christ, and He sent Him to be like us. How about that? When Jesus was on this earth, it was God walking around in a human body. A body like ours, enduring trials and temptations, hurts and wounds and bruising. Several Sunday nights through the month of December, we shared the second chapter of Luke. And we talked about how Jesus came to this earth. He didn't come as a full-grown man. Jesus came humbly as a baby to us. He came in humility to us. And we didn't expound on that, but, but let's think about that for just a minute. Let us think about God's amazing plan and design that, that He would come to this earth, but He would come as a baby, and that He would grow, and that He would learn. Think about the miracle that that is. That, I mean, Jesus is the Scriptures, but Jesus learned the Scriptures. And Jesus grew just like us. What a miracle that God patterned the growth of His Son in a life and in experiences similar to those of yours and mine. He became like us. I mean, guess what Jesus did when He got hungry? He ate. That's what we do. What did Jesus do when He got thirsty? He got Him something to drink. Guess what happened to Jesus at the end of the day? He got tired. And He couldn't wait to lay His head on His pillow and go to sleep. And He slept. And He got rest. All of these things, just like us, He experienced physical fatigue. He was emotional. He experienced emotion. He experiences emotion. He experiences joy. And Jesus has felt sorrow. He has passion and He has compassion. He's completely divine, though He's fully human. I see these babies and toddlers around here and, and they're trying to walk by these aisles and I, I'm looking to catch them before their head hits the, the steel leg on one of these chairs. But, but they're determined. They're getting up and they're learning to walk and they're learning to talk. They haven't said Brother Kenneth yet, but some of them, but they're, but they're learning these things. You know, I, re, I remember when my kids placing a spoon or a fork in their hand and, and they would hold it backwards and, and I would have to teach them or Shelly did mostly, but I would jump in there some and try to teach them how to hold a fork and a spoon and, and all of these things. Jesus came to this earth just like us. He was, God was manifested as a baby, and He learned all of these things. 
He had to be helped by God's miraculous design to learn these things just as we learn these things. He gets us. He totally comprehends everything about us because He's been through the stages of life that that we have. You know, what we think, what we say, what we do, we we learn the right thing. To do the right thing. We need help. And and Jesus needed help the same way. Some people have called Philippians chapter 2 the the hymn on this subject. And I'm going to read read a few verses from there. And it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wow, we have a Savior who came to us And why the joyous occasion? He sent Him like us. In a body like us. With all of the experiences that He has. has, And and He was made to resemble us when He manifested Himself to us. And something that I haven't been able to get off of this month is to think of every help, every hurt, Every trial, every tear, every blessing, every burden, every betrayal, every pain, every promise, every friend, every foe. Jesus had human experience just like you and I. That's what kind of Savior we have. One who understands us. He was sent in a way that He resembles us. He knows us. He gets us, okay? He's experienced life. As we have. It's a joyous occasion because of resemblance. But it's a joyous occasion continually for us. Because of residence. God is in heaven. But His Son came here. And His Son lives here within His people. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 says this. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. If you turn over to Isaiah chapter 8, you see another reference to the Lord as Emmanuel. And then, of course, when we go to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted is God with us. God is in the heavens. Jesus is with us. Jesus shares our days with us. The really hard day you had at work this week that got really frustrating and some things didn't go right, Jesus shared that day with you if you're a child of God. 
the the moments of frustration that that you've dealt with this way, you weren't alone in in that. Jesus was with you through that. And He's been through that. And He understands exactly what you've been going through. And He knows exactly how to help. He's with you. He's with us. The suffering season we go through, Jesus is there. He has taken up residence within us. In time of trial, we are not going through it alone. Jesus is with us. He's there. You know, the tougher things can seem to get, the more clearly He seems to make it known within us that He's within us. And He gives us strength. And He gives us help. How many have said, there's no way I would ever think that I could make it through something I've been through in life. The way it's happened for the Christian is because the Lord Jesus has gone through it with us. He's been with us. He's been in us. He has helped us. He gives us clarity that He is with us. All we have to do is want Him and welcome Him and walk with Him by faith. When we need Him most, He's there. That's how David became encouraged when no one else was around. He encouraged himself in the Lord because the Lord was with him. He is the most faithful friend any of us could ever have. He experienced help and he helps us. Jesus makes us better. You, you've, heard the, you've heard the saying, you can either get bitter or you can get better. It is so easy to get bitter. But everyone can be made better through everything they go through because Jesus has taken up residence. Why the continuous joyous occasion? Because Jesus is with us. The Bible says that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Emmanuel, God with us. First chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. The last verse in the Gospel of Matthew. He says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. If anyone slips and forgets that the Lord is with them, it's not the Lord's fault because He has reminded us over and over and over in His Word that He has taken up residence within us and He never leaves us. He goes with us through the fire. He's with us in the valley. He's with us when He makes us to rise up. He's always there. We rejoice and we're joyful because we always have Jesus with us. He's always able to be with us. He's everywhere. He wants to be with us. That'll make a Christian joyful. He's with us until He raptures us, which could be any day that He comes back to get His children. And then we're with Him in the very fullness of His presence for all eternity in heaven. Think about this. He came 
humbly to us. And He invites us to come boldly to Him. Come to Him right now. Come to Him just as you are right now. It's not going to impress Him for us to try to go get ourselves cleaned up and come to Him. Come to Him just as you are. He wants you to. He's here for us. He's here to live in us. He's here to save us from our sins. One more thing. Reassurance. Why the continuous joyful occasion? Because our God has given His children reassurance. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, If God be for us, then who can be against us? I love having a God like that for my Father, don't you? What a reassuring truth that is that God wanted us to have. He wants us to understand what His Holy Spirit moved through Paul to say to us. God breathed that if He be for us, who can be against us? He wants us to know that. He's not only, so He's not only like us, and He's not only with us, He's for us. He's for those who are His children. In 1 John... Chapter 4, it says, In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. God teaches us something in those verses. He teaches us that He has shown His love to us. Nobody leaves this earth unloved by God. And the love that He has shown to us is by giving His Son. He lived a perfect life in our place, one we couldn't. And then He died for our sins. He gave His life for our sins. And He has shown His love to us, we understand, by Him sending His Son for us. And when we trust Him, He puts life into us, eternal life into us. He surely loves us, and He has sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let me just say, that's the place where God became satisfied to accept sinners unto Himself. To receive us as children of God. God's satisfaction was found in what Jesus did for you and I. That satisfies God to make us acceptable to Him. And I want to tell you this morning that there is nothing that is going to give more full satisfaction than us knowing Jesus Christ and receiving Him as our Lord and Savior. It's wonderful to have a good job. It's great to get a promotion on the job. 
It's wonderful to meet a wife or a husband to be yours for your time in this life and to share together. It's great to travel the world. All of that stuff is fun and it's fine. But there's always going to be something missing until we know Jesus Christ personally as Lord and Savior of our lives. That is where fulfillment in life is only. That is where satisfaction is. All of these other things are fine, but nothing compares to the fulfillment, the contentment, the peace that Jesus gives when He saves us from our sins. That, that's why we come to Him. We don't, we don't just come to Him for a, for a joyful, better life, but how, what is all the joy and, and the better life? It's because He paid our sin debt. He paid our fine. He took our punishment upon Him. And it is no longer ours when we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior of our life. That is a continuous, joyful life. Hey, look, I missed, I missed many true Christmases in my life. And maybe somebody just missed a true Christmas. But you have another one starting right now today and every day. If you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sins, would you do so tonight? Is there anyone here and no matter how hard you try, you're empty and you need to be fulfilled? Is there anyone here who is full of fear and needs peace in their heart? Perfect love casteth out fear. The only way for us to overcome fear is in knowing and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Trusting Him to save us. If you're here this morning and something's missing, I want to tell you what you need. Not because of anything to do with me, but by the Word of God. You need Jesus. You need Jesus to save you. And he's, He will. He will not reject you. You just as you are right now, you will not be cast out. You will be received. You will be cleansed. You will be saved from all of your sins, your past, present, and future sins. You will have a home in heaven if you will believe in Jesus. And that, that's Christmas. How, how can you wrap that up in a one-day experience, you can't. It is every day of the year for children of God. Will you be saved this morning? Would you place your faith in Him after, after sharing some special things that they are truths from the Word of God for all of us to share? There's, we rejoice all the time because of a resemblance because of a residence, and because of a reassurance. God gives this to all of His children. I recall about three decades of Christmases before I had a true one, knowing Jesus as Savior. I recall two different attitudes before and after, two different attitudes all through it, and, and many people can too. And I just want to close with, with a little story of, 
of two prisoners that were headed for death. We're thinking about a happy Christmas uh, in an instance, and we're, we're thinking about a joyful Christmas continually. What's the difference? Well, these two prisoners headed for death kind of tell the story. They were about to be killed for their crimes. I mean, what they had committed, they, they, they were done. And they were out. The death sentence was upon them. And all of a sudden, they received a pardon. They both had a certificate brought before them, and it was, it was announced to both of them that they were set free. They were not going to have to suffer the penalty. You're free from the punishment of death. And, and they both sat there, and they both had the same certificates before them, one with one name, one with the other. One was rejoicing. One was so happy he couldn't stand it. One was just about to do cartwheels. He was shouting and jumping for joy. The other one trembled. He trembled in fear and in doubt. And he looked at that and he thought within himself, he looked at himself as who he was and said, no one would do this for me. The first prisoner was, was shouting for joy saying, I don't deserve anything like this, but look at the gift that's been given for me. The other one was, was in doubt, was in despair. The second prisoner even tried to discourage the first prisoner say, wait, wait, hold on just a minute. This might be a joke. This might not be real at all. Hold on before you go celebrating like that. But he couldn't. He couldn't because he believed it. He believed the freedom that had been assigned to him. He believed what was on the certificate. And there is a spiritual certificate, if you will, for anyone here who has not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have your sins forgiven when you do. You have a home in heaven. And there is joy. And there is Christmas every day of the year. The difference is, have you truly believed? It's one thing to believe the information, to attend a service here and there. It's another thing when you have trusted by faith for Jesus Christ to personally save you within. And if there's anyone here this morning who that's the case for you, we pray that you would be saved today. As far as children of God, isn't it wonderful that everything's not over December 26th? that we have the continual joy of Jesus Christ in our lives. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Christmas, I, don't, I hope this doesn't sound cliche, but Christmas is every day. It truly is for the child of God. It's eternal joy. It's not a temporary happiness of what we can do in this world. And so if, if, if that is you, if you are someone here today who is empty of that, we pray that you would be saved. And all, all of God's people will rejoice with you today. We're going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer now. And it's your opportunity to, to respond to God, to respond to His word, to respond to His call to true salvation, saving faith. Saving faith that is a working faith. Saving faith that changes our lives. Saving faith that makes Christmas, Christmas every day. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we bow before you again. We thank you for an opportunity to share your truth. 
We thank you for the power in your truth, Lord, and for your love, your desire to save every soul who does, who does not know you. Lord, I thank you that your people can rejoice in your salvation today, tomorrow, and endlessly. We can count our many blessings of knowing you. Lord, may there be obedience in the hearts of those you're moving in this morning that they would act upon what you're drawing them to do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.